0: Welcome back to another episode of The Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. I realize that sometimes I forget to say that, but I think everyone knows who we are at this point. Uh, Jack, I feel like less football means more TV watching for me, like more really good binging. Do you also feel that way?
1: Yeah, I also don't have the, or I, I guess I won't. Once we're completely done with football, I won't have that empty feeling Monday morning when I have to pay my bookie. So that's nice. That's a good way to start your week when you're not down a couple
0: hundred bucks. Serious question. Do you still have like a real bookie? Uh-huh. Yeah. Not. Okay. So you don't like because the, there's, I don't even, what's this? what's the California status? Sorry. We're getting off track right off You know,
1: of I'd have to look it up, but my bookie is, it's been so, it's, he's like, I don't want to name him. But don't. he's, he's i um, I've known him for years. And we've got a nice little deal going on and I'm not messing with it. Like even when it becomes completely regulated and easy in California, I don't see myself changing my bookie situation because if I have a question, I'll text him and he'll text right back. If, you know, if, if I don't want to pay, I just want to let it ride or I don't want to get paid. I want to let it ride. Like he's very easy to deal with that way.
0: Yeah, legit doesn't always mean better because like odds can be different and things can be different with the stuff that is quote-unquote legal. I guess we shouldn't have delved right into illegal gambling activity right off the top. But I support that. I also uh rewon the Bills and the uh I was on oh both gosh, losers. I was
1: on I was on both losers yesterday. Yeah, I was on the Packers and the Bills.
0: Okay. I, I was like, who was the second loser? I, I just spent the whole day watching this. All right. So enough football talk. We're going to talk about TV. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of British stuff for us today, but that'll just be a little teaser to to my content. Let's start with you. We always start with me. Why don't we start with you? Okay. All right. Fine. It's just easier that way to just toss it off to you
1: and just sit I know. back. And I know. I get it. I get it.
0: I You're get always it. more awake at this time of day than me. So I just take a few sips of coffee while you give your first rec. All right. I will start. Mine is an Amazon Prime show that classically like was not produced by Amazon Prime. It uh was originally on Pop TV, and somewhere overseas, uh, it was produced in London or shot in London. It is called Flack. Uh, Anna Paquin. Do you oh, like yeah. Anna Paquin? Um, I don't hate Anna Paquin. I don't love her. <laughs> and well, I yeah, I went through a lot of oh, true blood I think was her big thing and I was not a true blood person. I went through a lot of different phases with her in this show. Overall, I think I liked her in this, but the show is good. So, it's kind of that classic British like six episodes. There's not a whole lot of like meat on the bone. It's just it, it it's like very tight. It is what it is and they get in and out. It's great. So, She's a PR fixer. I don't know if you watch Scandal. Think like Olivia Pope is a political fixer, but it's with celebrities. So like these celebrities call her because they're like, I said this dumb thing and now I'm getting canceled and you have to come fix this for me. So she does PR and she is it is that like Olivia Pope, like she can fix anything no matter what, which gets a little wild. Um, it is very British in its humor at times. It's pretty outrageous with like the stereotypes of what people think PR people for celebrities do. So there's a point where like, I think she's 17 and she's a pop star and she needs to be getting more attention. Cause her label's going to drop her. So the PR firm is like, we'll make a sex tape. And it's like, she's a 17 year old girl. And they're like, we'll make a sex tape with a girl. So it's stuff that's kind of outrageous like that in the sense of like, I don't know if it really happens. I don't want to be naive and say that that stuff never happens. Um, but it is definitely outrageous. It's also entertaining. Um, Bradley Whitford is in this in uh, one of the episodes. He's phenomenal. So there's some there's good big names, good guest stars. Um, it's kind of a workplace drama in the sense that it really focuses on three slash four of the main girls in the office. Again, it's outrageous. It's entertaining. One thing that I really like about it is there's six episodes now there are six more episodes that aired in London that are not on Amazon Prime right now, but that they can, Amazon can just choose to put those six episodes up like season two, whenever they want. So they're coming. We just don't know when, um, but they can just drop those as a whole and they're ready to go. Um, it aired, like I said, on pop, which is what Shits Creek aired on and was canceled um, and then found its way two years later to this. So super bingeable show. Entertaining keeps you keeps your attention, and there's more of it out there for us. That's my cell. Speaking of Anna Paquin,
1: you know what's not good? What true blood? If true blood premiered today, it would be on the CW. That's that's both an indictment on how bad true blood is and a testament to how good TV is now. Because True Blood was like, oh, okay, vampires. There's a lot of sex appeal. Okay, oh, it's a metaphor for homosexuality. Ooh, that's edgy. HBO, boom. It's it. True Blood's so bad.
0: I've seen a couple episodes, and I just remember thinking, not for me. But I also never really got into vampires and ghosts and all those things. So yeah, I it's a metaphor. It's, it was.
1: it's a metaphor on. There's a whole there's all kinds of stuff. True blood's trying to be really smart, but the it's overacted and the effects are lame. Um, but Hey, if you're into it, sorry to offend you.
0: One last thing on this show. It is, there are times where the writing is a little over the top on the nose. It's not a perfect show. Like the show is a B B minus, but it'll keep you entertained. And it's a good binge. If you're looking for something to just devour real quick. Is that British? kind of so it's shot but Anna Paquin is American and her mm-hmm. sister who's one of the other main-ish characters is American and they both move to London but everyone else in the show is British and it has a very British feel it's it's honestly reminds me a lot of Fleabag there's a lot of similarities uh not with the storyline but just with the general setup so it it's very British except for the fact that two of the main characters are American if that makes sense
1: well, let's let's keep it on the other side of the pond. My first recommendation you can find on HBO Max, White House Farm. Have you heard of it? No. Oh, it I'm is. Sorry,
0: Excellent. I came in hot to the mic. I was taking a sip of water. This is what you made me go. <laughs>
1: White House Farm murder mystery, British. It's Broadchurch, but the White House, It's a story of the most famous, infamous, I should say, murders in the history of. Great Britain in the last hundred years. It is based
0: on true events. It's
1: true events. So huge disclaimer, do not Wikipedia, do not Google anything. Even if you do, it's not going to ruin it because obviously it was successful across the pond and everyone in England, in Great Britain knows what happens and it's still very good. It's less of a whodunit, you know, within like 45 minutes, you know, after the first episode, who the show wants you to think did it. So it's not the guessing game, but it's more, how do we pin this asshole down? I'm not saying if it's a man or a woman, I'm not, how do we pin this asshole down? Uh, It's got, you know how (laughs) it feels like there's only like 45 British actors and they just recycle them for everything. Yes. Uh, There's like four or five game of Thrones actors in there. And it's always nice to see your, you know, old British actors and in, in new things. There's definitely a couple of broad church people in there. It is very, very good. I don't, I, again, the only thing I can stress is try your darndest not to Wikipedia it. You can look it up on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, however, whatever scoring you like to see, but don't check out the Wikipedia because it'll probably give or give away prime details. It's a horrific, horrific, horrific crime that is committed and how it unfolds is is very pleasing. You would love it.
0: I have a series of questions. I'll start with these two. What decade does it primarily 80s. take place in? 80s, but it in was just 80s.
1: shot it's only like a year old.
0: And you said it's episodic. What's the format? Like four episodes
1: like 6 45-minute sh- six episodes and it's all it's linear. You're not like jumping around in time.
0: Okay. What, um, see, this is why not to toot our own horn, but this is why I love this podcast because this is made for me and I am on HBO max all the time. I will say I maybe wasn't on it as much this week. Like I've never heard of this somehow. Um, so good find by you. What, uh, do you know when it dropped?
1: I think last weekend it was definitely January, 2021.
0: Okay. I'm excited to watch this.
1: Yeah. It's excellent. So you're going to recognize all the peripheral characters. The main character is awesome. He's probably like 23, 24. I want him to be in all my British shows from now on because he is very, very good. And I don't recognize him from anything.
0: Can't wait. Yeah. Bert, this is the, um, give me a good, um, British phrase to name this episode because this is the London episode. We're going to stay over the pond with my second wreck. You, how about, how about just across the pond? Okay. I like that. I was going to say like, Oi mate, but that's Australian. That's the
1: other, other pond. Uh, that's a big pond. It's, it's, it's
0: all one big pond when you really think about it. Um, okay. Well, thank you for that one. I like genuinely cannot wait to watch that. I am staying across the pond again with my second rack. It is called the sister it's on Hulu. It's a British four-episode series adapted from a book. Didn't read the book. Don't know anything about the book. It is So it's a thriller, psychological thriller, kind of a whodunit, kind of a what-happened situation. Um, This man, like, so we're, you know, present time, whatever. We have a couple of flashbacks to... um, 10 years ago and seven years ago, basically 10 years ago, this man's involved in a crime and I'm not spoiling anything because this is all revealed in the first 10 minutes of the pilot. So 10 years ago, he's involved in a crime. Seven years ago, he marries the victim's sister. So like he's involved in this crime and then he sees the victim's sister talk, you know, obviously gets away with it or gets away or, or no one knows that he's involved. Seven years ago, he's watching the victim's sister on TV he then seeks her out, dates her, marries her, and
1: does she know that he nope. is the? Oh, right, right. Of course, because why he would, be yeah, in right.
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying, and it, it's it's much more complicated than this. So I'm not even saying that he killed her, but like he was there and he knows something is all I will say. And again, that's not spoiling it because we're seeing him have these flashbacks in the very first minutes of the pilot. We don't know for a very long time, like what his involvement was, what actually happened, but we know he was there. And it could be as simple as like, he was just at the party, wrong place, wrong time, or he could have actually like really committed a crime. We don't know. That's part of the unraveling. Like I said, it's four episodes. So it's that same thing as Flack, where it, it you go through things pretty quickly. Um, but there is a very long time where you don't know what happened. I will not tell you what happened. I will just tell you he was involved he Marries the victim's sister, and then in 2020, 2021, whatever, um, the parts of the case kind of start to come up again. And so, obviously, things start to unravel, and he's kind of trying to keep up this little life he's created, keep getting away with this crime 10 years later, or you know, keep getting his name out of it 10 years later. And everything so, just unravels of, really fast a web of lies. He's trying to keep his web of lies tangled, but it obviously untangles. And I will say, so I don't know if anyone, if everyone is caught up on the flight attendant, but one of the things with the flight attendant is she makes a lot of really dumb decisions, like stressful, like you're yelling at the TV being like, don't do that. Don't go there. Like, don't say that. Like, it's one of those things. And this reminded me so much of that. Like this man makes so many poor decisions one after another in every episode. So that part of it is a little frustrating But overall, it's just kind of that classic, like British crime, aside from the fact that this man is not smart and not a good decision maker and not good under pressure. Aside from all of that, it's a pretty good British crime drama. Um, It is called, once again, The Sister. It's on Hulu. I'm pretty sure it's just four episodes and done forever because it comes to a pretty real conclusion. So TBD on that. But recommend if you're in the mood for a little bingeable British crime show.
1: Okay. Let's keep it international. Wow. Uh, my second rec is white tiger. Mm. Again, we're going to, it's a populist pick because it's uh, in the Netflix top 10. And once you're in the Netflix top 10, I feel like if you're not terrible, you're going to be there for a few weeks. Uh, it's if you watch the preview And you think White Tiger is Slumdog Millionaire. You're not far off. But you know what? Danny Boyle's Slumdog Millionaire is an absolute triumph. So uh, it's a little bit of that. And they actually poke fun at Slumdog Millionaire in like the first three minutes of the movie. So you're like, oh, okay. At least it's self-aware. Like it knows what it's doing here. It's about this dude, Ballroom, who uh, grows up impoverished. And they explain the cycle of being poor in India. And how there's like really no way you can get out of poverty unless you're bold or you get crazy, crazy lucky. Uh, He is a little bit of both. Um, It's a little bit like Slumdog Millionaire meets Talented Mr. Ripley. Because he just kind of surrounds himself with super affluent, successful people. And uh, hijinks ensue. Oh, that's the second time I've used hijinks. Second episode straight, I've used hijinks. What did you say hijinks with last week? I don't know. I feel like as I was saying it, I had deja vu. Anyway, uh, it is, I would say the first two acts, like the first act of establishing who he is into the second act of him getting in good with the wealthy family. And the third act when he like ascends to his level of uh, being his own man, The first two acts are very, very good. The third act leaves something to be desired. Still worth a watch. Uh, It's depressing knowing that, you know, essentially there's still slavery in the world very much uh, because he's a servant to this rich family, but he makes nothing next to nothing. And he lives like in servant's quarters that you would feel bad putting your dog in. Uh, I don't know how accurate it is. I haven't, I'm sure it's crazy accurate. I'm sure that's why it's so successful, but yeah. Again, if you like slum dog, you'll love this. If you like talented, Mr. Ripley, you should really like it. It's, it's not crazy original, but it does give you a good idea as to. The social class in India and by gives you a good idea. I mean, I have no idea. But, (laughs) but it feels like an accurate portrayal, uh, white tiger, two hours. Again, like I said, the, the first, the first 90 minutes is really fun. The last 30 minutes is like, Ooh, geez. Uh, you know, who's in it is Nick Jonas's wife. Oh, um, oh my gosh. Uh, wait, yeah. And I don't, I, yeah. No.
0: Okay. You keep talking.
1: Anyway, she is a force in it and she's definitely like, um, the American foil. She's American. She meets Ashok who is, uh, the privileged 22, 23 year old of the family who comes back from NYU and brings her. And you kind of see she, she stands for like reason and decency in the movie so every time she's on screen it's it's a pleasure because she like talks sense into all the bad guys the bad guys being like <laughs> uh all of the rich indian dudes who are super mean um yeah i it, it's pretty good i w- it wouldn't be my first choice but it's different and if you're looking for something a little bit different but the same because i just said it's just like slum dog and uh, talented Mr. Ripley. You know what I mean?
0: Is it like slum without the game show? It's like, is there a game show? It,
1: it's it's like a more gritty slum dog. It says it's a comedy. It's not a comedy. White tiger is not a comedy. It's, it's grim, quite grim.
0: Uh, Priyanka uh, Chopra. I might be yeah. saying her last name wrong. She, I will say she did take, when you Google, she took his last name. So it's Priyanka uh, Chopra Jonas, which that relationship will never not confuse me.
1: I think she's like 10 years older than him.
0: I think I think it's 9 and I do believe she's a former Miss Universe, right? Like she she's, won the whole thing. Let me tell you something. She's
1: excellent. Yeah. Uh I guess she's a big Bollywood star. I don't watch a ton of Bollywood movies, but rightfully so cuz she is charismatic as the day is long.
0: I think she's one of those people that could be a anything star. She was in that she was in like an ABC show about the FBI. Um forever ago and i remember sounds, she was good in it but sounds awful uh it was like fbi trainees I, yeah. they was trying to be like how to get away with murder but with the fbi instead of law students um oh no i had something oh uh, oscar buzz is this like an oscar worthy movie or? I,
1: no okay no. it's a netflix original i think it's 2021 i think it's a i think it's a january dump movie
0: Okay, but you say it's a Netflix original, like that eliminates it. Like oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay, oh.
1: sorry. That was... Uh, okay, you're right, because Netflix... Ha- I mean, Roma. Yeah. For my sake. Uh, no, it's definitely like a Dumpy movie. <laughs> sorry. It's not... Okay. You know what I mean, though? I've
0: never heard of January being referred to as that, but...
1: Dumpy Worry? Oh, yeah, where you put like your... Where... Okay, if you don't know, maybe listeners don't know. A lot of times... Uh... Studios will put a bunch of money into a project. Maybe it's got a big name, a big director. It's got a good premise. It's based on a popular book, whatever. And they, they're they very excited about it. They publicize it. And then all of a sudden it's like August, September and the studios review it. And they're like, oh, remember when this was going to be dropped on Christmas day? We're now pushing it to mid-January. If it has a mid-January release date, traditionally, and this is changing... If it has a mid-January release release date, it means it wasn't good enough to drop late 2020 during award season. Uh, they're just trying to make a little bit of money and put it in January when no other good movies are out.
0: So that's because the Oscars you have to be released in December to get the. It's most... got to have a
1: theatrical release in some yeah.
0: So it's taking why, it out of.
1: That's why you see even in select cities, uh, you'll see Christmas Day be the big yeah the big air zone for Oscar Beatty movies
0: this is once again revealing how I know nothing about movies and still have not seen a movie um in years in theaters and obviously with the way things are I don't think I ever have to go to a movie theater again sorry to Hollywood I support all of your TV shows okay you go to that one yeah my last one is I guess sort of back on this um contiguous United States, I guess, no offense to Hawaii and Alaska. Um, It is the New York times presents and it's a documentary series on Hulu. Have you ever heard of this? Because this is very much like something that should be making its way to our screens. So I cruise
1: YouTube a lot for documentaries, dead serious. And a lot of times I see New York times present stuff like it. Yeah.
0: So they have some kind of deal. They have some kind of deal with Hulu and FX I will say, so I, I don't know if these also air on FX. The quality is incredible. Like the filmmaking is really beautiful and these easily could be airing anywhere. Um, I don't know if they also make their way to cable FX, but Hulu um, has them and there's, I believe, six episodes right now. I regret to admit that the only reason I even heard about this was because they're doing a Britney Spears one and it's coming out in like a week and a half. So just two weeks preview. I promise you, I will be reviewing that. Um, I say Britney Spears, but to my knowledge, it's mostly about the conservatorship. So her legal troubles or her legal situation with her dad and trying to get out of that. Um, There's people cover what's going on with the court, but there hasn't really been like a comprehensive detailing of what's really happening with her. And to be honest, no one knows because she locked in this big house in Hollywood and no one knows what's happening. So I'm very interested to see that. Um, I saw press about it and I went and watched some of the other episodes. Um, The most recent one, and I don't know exactly when it came out, but is the teenager who hacked Twitter. And I knew, remember the Twitter hack from July, where like Elon Musk, everyone, all the verified accounts got hacked. And then Twitter had to shut down all verified accounts because someone was tweeting, send me Bitcoin and I'll send you more Bitcoin back. And so this teenager was just getting millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin because people were scammed. Um, I obviously lived through that. I was on Twitter that day. I am not verified. I don't think you are verified. Oh, I'm not verified. I thought you were ver- verified for sure. No, you can, um, through, when you work in news, like through your news yeah. station, you can ask to get verified. I just never did. You can't change your handle if you ever do that. And you lose your verification. And also, there's it's no lame.
1: It's lame if you have less than like 5,000 followers and you're verified.
0: Not to brag. I do have have, 8,000. No, I think I'm somewhere around six. I will say I did lose a lot in the purge that recently happened, but like more than happy to see them go because they did the QAnon purge. Um, So I guess I had a lot of bot followers, Mm -hmm. which um, I don't know later to all of you um, bots, but whether like no matter how many followers I have, there's just no need for me to be verified. I was a reporter. Like if I was tweeting anything, it was legit, but also like there's no fake me accounts out there, like you don't need it to be verified. Like I very clearly worked for whatever station I worked for. I just, no one needs to know that I have a blue check mark. I think celebrities and like CEOs and big time people need it.
1: That's fair. The people who have the people in our industry who, if you're listening, I'm sorry to be making fun of you, but if you have like triple digit followers and you're verified, that's super lame.
0: I respect the idea that news, so like Adam Schefter, how many fake Adam Schefter tweets are there where it'll be like, Aaron Rodgers just signed with the Detroit Lions, and then everyone falls for it because it's like, maybe could be true. Mm -hmm. Certain reporters need the verification for that reason. And so I think news organizations from like top down wanted to make sure that that wasn't happening, even if you're like a smaller town reporter. So I get the idea, but I, I agree with you. I just don't think it's necessary. So anyway... When the verifieds all got taken down, I think this was in July, I was still able to tweet. It was great. Um, It was kind of a funny day because everyone who's not verified was tweeting like, oh, like, you know, we can use this and they can't. Um, So it was just a funny, it was a funny day, but I mean, it was a serious thing. Like this kid also committed other crimes and he obviously was a thief, but um, (laughs) kind of a wild, he's literally a teenager from Florida um, and they initially had not tried him for his other case because he was a juvenile. So it is very interesting this specific episode, but I also watched um, a couple of the other ones. These are really well done documentaries. They're again, like I think the teenager one was like 35, 45 minutes. Um, so it's, you're not watching a two hour documentary. You're not committing to a full two hours, but you're learning. So I obviously knew about the hack again. I lived through it, but There are so many things about the case and the kid and the background of the story that I learned from this. So it's like you're going to take it's like a 30 for 30 where it's like you kind of live through it, but you're just going to learn so much more about it. Um, So watch this series and then emotionally get ready for the Britney Spears episode, which is coming in like a week and a half. I should know the exact date, but I don't. Um, New York Times presents on Hulu. I believe it's available in other places. Jack says it's on YouTube. So scope that one out for sure. You're right.
1: I'm, uh, I'm getting weird with this one. Mm. I'm recommending a podcast. Mm. Yeah. If you listen to this, you clearly enjoy podcasts. Have you heard of dead eyes? Lindsay, Lindsay, dead eyes, dead eyes. No. Okay. There's this dude who, his name's Colin. God, I can't remember. His last name is escaping me. I probably I'll Google really you talk. talk. Uh, it's this actor who's somewhat successful. He's uh, been in a few things. He's been in Orange is New- the New Black, a uh, couple of other successful shows as like peripheral characters. He was up for a very small ro- role in Band of Brothers back in 2000 when they were shooting it. And he was actually fired on the set by Tom Hanks himself because Tom Hanks said he had dead eyes. (laughs) And here we are 20 years later. He is just now coming to terms with it. And like, it really screwed with him career wise and confidence wise. He, he like contemplated giving up acting and it's, it's very, I don't want to give too much away, but you will be shocked at this guy's career and who he's come across. And we all like hearing the stories of super successful people going through really rough times, I think. And what is that's the guy. <laughs> Bad
0: name? podcasting Connor Ratliff. I don't recognize him. Sorry, keep going. This sounds really interesting, but it's, Con- it's, Connor it's Ratliff.
1: A- so first of all, he goes through the whole like he had just graduated from from drama school. He was like 22, 23 Obviously, there was a casting call for Band of Brothers, which had Spielberg's name behind it, Tom Hanks, and he got this little bit part. And he would, and not only did he get this bit part, it was in an episode that was going to be directed by Tom Hanks himself. So he was going to be working directly with Tom Hanks. He gets the job. I'm not ruining any anything. You find all this out in the first episode. Uh, he gets the job. He goes across the pond, or I think he was living across the pond. Anyway, he meets Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks fires him. And it is <laughs> as devastating as you might think that would be to a young actor. It is that tenfold. Like, it, it almost ruins his career. Not that he can't bounce back from that, but mentally, he was in a really bad spot. Like, if you are told by Tom Hanks that you have dead eyes as an actor, how do you combat that?
0: I have a question. Is it funny? Because it says he's a comedian. It's, it's
1: quite funny. And it's also like, it's feel good too. And it it sounds really bad and down bad, by the way, have you heard of down bad down bad is like the new thing kids say. Yeah. Down bad is like depressed. Now if you're down bad.
0: Oh, I don't hang out with enough teens. Yeah. So he's
1: down bad and it's just about, again, I'm not ruining anything, but the people who he has on this podcast, Are very successful actors and they kind of tell stories about the times when they were really defeated and thought they were done and it's just how you how you deal with that it's everyone goes through it no matter what industry you're in if if you in fact you know try to or you aspire to be bigger and better than what you are like playing it safe isn't going to reward you is the whole point of the podcast
0: this is like a story. It's not something where he just interviews someone every week, and there's like forty episodes, right? So it's both.
1: It's oh. it's a little bit of antholo- an anthology there, but you also like learn a little bit more about the the, the decision making progress in a min- mini series like Band of Brothers. Oh, by the way, you know Band of Brothers? Ten years later, they came out with The Pacific on HBO, Spielberg, Hanks production. They just announced about a year ago that they're doing Masters of the Sky. Same kind of deal. It's going to be on Apple TV+. Plus. Hanks, Spielberg, both involved. It's going to be an uh, Air Force miniseries,
0: 1942 to 1945 in Europe. Can't does wait. Mean- <laughs> does that mean Damian Lewis doesn't get to be in it, though, because he was already in the first one?
1: Yeah, and he's 20 years older than what he was, so it this won't looks make great. sense if Captain Winters is, like, shows up. But, yeah, great. He does look great. That's uh, anyway, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's, it's an easy listen. Every episode's like 30 minutes. Uh, it sounds like a weird premise and it is, but I was looking up new podcasts to listen to and this one was on like every top 10 list. So I gave it okay. a shot and it's, it's awesome.
0: I have a few crime podcasts that I just have not fired up because I have so many podcasts right now. Um, so shout out to anyone who feels that way and is listening to this. Thank you for making space in your podcast calendar I think it sounds really interesting, but how many episodes am I committing to? Like, is it over at some point or it just keeps going forever?
1: There are a couple where you're like, Oh my God, he got this guy on or like he crossed paths with this guy in his career. I have to listen to this next episode. Uh, but you can easily stop listening after any 30 minutes and be fine with it and pick it up later.
0: Interesting. Cool.
1: There's probably, I don't know. There's probably 12 or 13 episodes, all 30 minutes.
0: Total. And then it's over. I'm, I'm saying this isn't, no, this it's, isn't it's, a- it's
1: there's a season two, and he, j- he oh, like okay, just started okay. picking it up again. Yeah. Okay,
0: I just need to know what I'm committing to before I jump in. Um, I had a news director once tell me I was a little dead inside.
1: <laughs> There's so many stories story. like that from very successful people. That's what makes it awesome. I, we all have though, especially in this industry, that's you know very aesthetic. Yeah, people tell you if you you know you have it, you don't have it, whatever. And obviously, you always remember the negative things. The negative yeah. things stick with you much more than the positive things but it's about embracing that negative stuff
0: for sure a lot of good british content i wish i could do a british accent to say farewell i mean i can but it just wouldn't be good for anyone do you want to try
1: i think it'd be great i think you should try
0: um oh you do it say we'll see you next week in a british accent
1: we'll see you next week Chim Chimney, I don't know. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> it's tough to do it on the spot.
0: It really is. Um, again, I I'm trying to come up with with phrases that they say, but it's it's all Australian for some reason for me. So, yeah, I um, go
1: Australian too. I go, I, too, and I don't want to do it.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week on the Rec Center.